I came out to my grandpa recently. Uh, if you're blind and deaf, I'm gay. That's right. Uh, I was really nervous because he's like very conservative. He's also a little Mormon still too, you know? Yes, that's how I reacted. Like, you know, nervous for that. Totally chill, just wanted to give me advice on maintaining multiple lives, you know? listening to the Art Town Reno podcast with KWNK 97.7 FM in Reno, Nevada. That was comedian Sarah Rooker performing a recent set. She's also a comedy show producer with the Don't Tell Comedy franchise, organizing a few big shows coming up in our area. Sarah also has a huge heart for her community. She'll give tips to up-and-coming comedians, audience members, and much more, all on the Art Town Reno podcast this week. I'm your host, Nico Columbant, the coordinator of the Our Town Reno social media channels and website. First, a word from our sponsor, and then back to this week's episode with comedian Sarah Rooker. Welcome. Hello. We are the Reno's Media Lab. Media Lab. Podcast. Client services. Special projects. Documentaries. We are a production center at, at the, the Reynolds, Reynolds School, School of Journalism. Journalism. The Reynolds Media Lab. Media Lab. Media Lab. This is the Art Town Reno podcast, and I'm your host today, Nico Columbant, and we have a very special guest, Sarah Rooker. Sarah, how's it going? It's going good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. So, Sarah, you're a comedian, and you also produce comedy shows with a big one coming up in Reno. So tell us all about that. Yeah, so I am producing Don't Tell Comedy for Reno, Truckee, and Tahoe. Basically, Don't Tell is a, a big national brand. If you look them up on Instagram, YouTube, all of that, they have um, like over 300,000 followers on everything. They're super big. Basically, they're kind of like replacing Comedy Central, and they're getting into the online streaming of specials for comedy and things like that. But I believe they kind of came out of COVID where they were doing these backyard shows, like bring your own beer type thing, um, just kind of a relaxed setting. And the vibe behind them is the show is secret as far as the venue that it's going to be at. And the comedians are secret until the show starts, till they come up to the mic, basically. So you, uh, we have shows we're trying to do like one at least every two weeks, couple of month um but you get your tickets online the day of the show you get an email telling you the address of the venue and it gives you details ahead of time it tells you if it's indoor outdoor is it byob is there seating is it wheelchair accessible things like that and then uh yeah the comics that come in are majority of them are from out of town so we get really big headliners we just had a bunch of comics from Hulu, Comedy Central, Netflix, Jimmy Fallon on our uh, first two shows in Reno so it's been really good so far and we have uh Double header coming up on June 10th. In and Reno. you know at what time it is before you, yeah. when you buy your tickets? Yeah. You know the time at yeah. least. Yeah, so we have uh, an and early show at 7. too far? No, it, it gives Reno? you the neighborhood too. Okay. That's the cool thing. So it'll tell you um, on June 10th it's Northwest Reno. Uh, so it'll tell you like Midtown, Sparks, you know, wherever it's at. If it's in Tahoe, it'll tell you like what part of the lake it's at. So we give a lot of detail, just not the address. Until and what, the day what, what's the idea there? Make it more exciting? I think it's, yeah, I think it's just like you're in on this secret thing, and that's kind of their vibe. I mean, Don't Tell has, they're in over 80 cities now, I think. So pretty much anywhere you go, 
around the country, you're bound to find, even internationally right now, you're bound to find a don't tell section, you know, of a state where they have don't tell shows. And they're just really big on bringing in, you know, especially for Reno, I think why it's it's working so well. And I've, I've ran a lot of shows a lot in like Truckee and Tahoe because it's kind of the same vibe. It's very like laid back. Um, we try to bring in people that you wouldn't normally see because the reality is Reno has a really good comedy scene, but we don't really have a club or anything. We have the Laugh Factory at Silver Legacy, but it's kind of, you know, like an older demographic. It's people who are at the casinos for tourism, things like that. So we're trying to bring in a lot of talent that you see online, you know, people who are maybe they're like on TikTok and you're, you've seen their videos there, things like that. They're on streaming services, stuff like that. So it's just bringing in comics that you wouldn't normally be able to see and then doing it in a setting where, you know, you're not at a two drink minimum club okay. where you have to pay, you know, for a ticket and then you have to pay all this money for beverages and stuff like that. Majority of our shows, not all of them, but I would say about 85% of them are BYOB and okay. bring your own food and things like that. So we have Fine. people come in with coolers, <laughs> you know, lawn chairs. We provide chairs most of the time, but we do some backyard stuff. So they've been pretty cool. Um, and then, like I said, they're, they're doing their specials online. So if you check out their YouTube and their Instagram, you'll see there's... There's some really big comics on there right now. And you were talking about older demographics at casinos and comedy shows can yeah. often be a, a two-way street. The audience is important as well. So yeah. what type of audience are you getting at these uh, secret location shows? It's actually been really interesting because we're getting people who don't normally go to comedy or they haven't ever been to comedy. We just did a show in Truckee and we had people from like South Lake, West Shore, North Lake who just we're looking at the ads and things like that. Um, obviously we target based on the zip code that we're, we're holding that show in and just the amount of people we've gotten a lot of young people, we've gotten older people, but it's people who are like, Oh, this is something exciting and different that I haven't seen in Reno before. And I think the secrecy kind of behind it makes it kind of cool. And you get people who are really excited about the experience. So they're there to laugh. They're quiet. They're not, you know, you'd be surprised. Typically I think, when you say like BYOB, people get a little nervous too. We've found that with some of the venues, but it's just people who are excited to be there, super respectful, you know, follow the rules, all that stuff. But we've had such a range of people at the shows. I should say everything's 21 and over unless other, you know, there's there's exceptions. But um, yeah, for the most part, we've just had a really cool audience of people who normally aren't going out to comedy or they're not even aware that Reno has that option. Okay. So. This is the Art Town Reno podcast. I'm your host today, Nico Columbant, and our guest today is Sarah Rooker. So, Sarah, you are producing these big comedy shows for Reno, and you're also a comedian yourself. So yes. how, did those, how do those two hats uh, compare? Do you sometimes perform at the shows that you're also producing? And also, how does it compare You know, to coordinate these yeah, big events yeah. and also just be a comedian? How does it help you in both roles? I think it helps in both roles because it makes me – I understand and I respect what goes into it more because I've now had to produce stuff at such a, like, more professional high level and, you know, higher capacities. Our first show at The Generator, we had 250 people sold out, things like that. So stuff that I wouldn't take into consideration previously, I now try to be really conscious of as a comic, you know, whether that's just, like – respecting people's time and making sure, you know, you don't run the light, things like that. Um, and the quality of comedians that we're booking, I, I think just understanding both sides of it has helped a lot. Um, you know, and for me, I'm on a lot of the shows. We keep the lineup secret, but yeah, I am on a lot of them. Um, there's a core of us who, who run it, who you'll see that are local. 
But, um, yeah, just having the opportunity to kind of play around with the lineup, navigating, you know, I'm working the entire show. I'm in charge of it, so I don't host or go up right away because I got to make sure everything runs smooth. Stuff like that can get a little bit dicey. But, yeah, it's definitely made me, you know, get an, a different respect for the other side of it, where when I was younger and before I started running shows, I honestly didn't really care. Okay. And uh, here in Reno, obviously we're not uh, L.A. or New York, but we have a lot of uh, open mic nights. We have yeah. a, a lot of these shows as well. H- how would you describe the the Reno comedy scene? Yeah, Reno's actually got a really good scene. I, th- I think people don't think about Reno when they think about comedy, but we have the opportunity, especially if you're new and you want to try stand-up and, and all of that. We have a ton of open mics. We have it, We have at least one every night except for Saturday, I think, and then some of those nights there's two. Um, But there's definitely that for you to get started and and everything. Once you've kind of been in it longer and you get better and you have the opportunity to go elsewhere, you know, then you'll perform more out of town. I don't, other than don't tell, I don't perform a lot locally. I typically am in like Sacramento, San Francisco a lot. Um, But Reno does have a, a great scene. It's just taking advantage of what we call like alternative shows because, again, we don't have the clubs um, we don't have that where, you know, Sacramento has four or five clubs and then they have their other stuff on top of that, too. So it's uh, it's been really cool finding getting the relationships with the venues, too. There's a lot of small business owners in town that have been really helpful with comedy, have been really receptive and do a lot for the scene, give them spaces and things like that. So the more that people can support live comedy, um, go out to shows, tip the comics, tip the bartenders, like make it beneficial for the venue as well you know we want people mm-hmm. out at shows so that makes it worth it for the venue they don't want to shut down for comedy night if they're not going to get people in there so yeah just uh seeing people support live comedy has been really really awesome and you said uh, tip the comedians not everyone knows yeah. that so kind of <laughs> when do you do it how do you do it as a spectator without being awkward yeah. or i mean everyone's always happy to receive yeah. some money right but how do you do it correctly as a spectator well i think it's it's partially on the people running the show and the host to make that known. So we typically do, we run a lot of free shows where we have guaranteed money from the bar. Um, like in Truckee and Tahoe, we do that a lot, but we have a tip jar and we're constantly plugging our tip jar because a lot of our comics are coming from out of town or they're driving, even if it's just from Sacramento or something, you know, we're telling them, Hey, throw us some gas money or whatever. We'll have a Venmo that you can tip at. That's pretty popular. Um, especially like out of town shows, you'll see people do that with don't tell what we do, which is kind of cool is at the end of the show, uh, you get an email sent to the email where you purchase your tickets at and it's got a headshot and a little blurb about every comedian you saw in the order that they came up and it gives you their Venmo or their cash app or whatever. So if you want to tip them as well, you can after, and then you can follow them on social media, stuff like that. So, I mean, if, if the show isn't doing anything to plug the comics, like tipping them, there's nothing wrong with just literally you see the comic passing by and you give them some cash or ask them for their, their Venmo or whatever. And, and do it. It's rare if, if the show's not encouraging it, right. but it does happen. I've, I've had people do that, and it's very nice. So Okay. And uh, I've been to a few uh, open mic shows because, you know, they're free. So yeah, yeah. Sometimes some people They should uh, be. The open those. mics, if they're yeah, charging right, right. for the open mics, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it may not be. And, and I, I noticed that in the local scene, some of the up-and-coming uh, comedians, they, they like to use some of uh, – Reno's grit, you know, as some of their material. Yeah, have you yeah. have you noticed that as well? Yeah, I think uh, 
I think when you're new too, when you're like first learning how to write a joke and you have to find your voice, that's kind of like the biggest thing with comedy is when you first get into it, you don't really know what your your thing is and what you're talking about and what your voice is. So you will see a lot of people kind of go more like shock value type thing, you know, and it's not great. I mean, there's stuff that I did like six years ago that is so cringy. I don't even like want to think about it that, that I told things like that on stage. But um, I think the thing with Reno, too, is that we have we are kind of gritty, right? Like we, we have that in our DNA a little bit. So for me, when I perform elsewhere, I'll deal with like, let's say people heckle you or that it's loud or something like that. Other comics are very uh, like conscious of it. They have issues with it. They don't like it. And for me, it's like, oh, this is nothing. Like I've, I came up in like rowdy Third Street Bar for Reno. That's where I started comedy, you know? So it is, there's a plus and minus to it a little bit, but I think just getting better and owning your craft and like figuring out your voice, like finding that you'll those comics if they keep doing it and if they get good right some people do comedy for a really long time and they stay really bad that's just the reality right and uh they may always stay like that but you know it just comes with time this is the Art town reno podcast i'm your host nico columbant and today we're with sarah rooker we're talking comedy and comedy shows in reno and we'll be right back after this word from two other podcasts in reno you should be listening to Want to keep up on what's happening in the local art community? Double Scoop always has the scoop on that. Want to know which exhibitions, parties, and other art events are happening this weekend? Follow us on Instagram at Double Scoop Nevada and listen to KWNK 97.7 FM for our Short Scoop Art Events Roundup. If you're an artist and you're looking for places to show your work, we have lots of opportunities listed right now. To find them, visit doublescoop.art/events and filter for call for artists. If you'd like to follow all of our art news and meet local artists, you can sign up for our email lists at doublescoop.art. Do you like podcasts? Well, we have a podcast from you. This is Sean from Up in the Mix. This is Delafoto. Do you like to get into our random wormholes of conversation? Do you like to learn about the culture from sneakers to hip-hop music to basketball? Then we have a podcast just for you. We have one called Up in the Mix. It is available on all streaming platforms from Spotify to Apple. Check us out, upinthemix.live on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Salud! And we're back with Sarah Rooker on the Our Town Reno podcast, and we were talking about why it's important to tip your local comedians from time to time. And you also mentioned uh, that a lot of comedians now have their own social media handles. Uh, you have a YouTube show. Is it still existing? What are your own handles? What do you do with social media as part of your comedian persona? Yeah, I'm not as great with social media as I should be. That's what's hard about it is like with comedy, it's kind of become a job. Like I'm a little bit older, so I don't hang out on TikTok. And so I try, I put up clips and everything, but mostly just Instagram. I have a decent amount. I think I have like over 15,000, I want to say. Nice. And what's your handle? It's just at Sarah Rooker, just my full name. Uh, Yeah. But you'll see a lot of comics are, they're kind of getting, like I opened for this guy this past weekend in Sacramento, who's um, a pretty big headliner. And he was telling me, he's like, the days of you having to physically get in front of somebody are, are gone. At this point, you have comics who are booking, you know, sold out 
nights on weeknights all across the country because like one clip blows up for them on Instagram or TikTok. So I think that the age of social media is super, super helpful. It makes it makes some people, I think, in like the arts and the creative space, maybe a little bit lazier almost Mm -hmm. because you can pop off from one clip and then go viral and you'll get a lot of work and maybe you're not ready for all that work. Mm -hmm. But I mean, at the end of the day, you can't hate on that because right. that's what we're can't all, all trying to get. So yeah, success. yeah. And your YouTube show you had, or do you still have that? No. Okay. Well, I did a couple of podcasts where okay. we started oh, on a okay. YouTube thing, and then our friends were like, "No, you should be doing a podcast." Okay, we were like, "Okay, okay yeah, so yeah, yeah." You're trying to find yeah, what to do, yeah. and then it wasn't really yeah taking yeah. off like you thought. So yeah, again, I think it's just maybe if I was. A little bit younger. I'm a, if I were more Gen Z, it might have mm-hmm. popped off. But yeah, yeah. I'm learning. I'm very like. I think I'm very cool and progressive. I'm like I'm gay. I'm rad. And then like this girl said to me the other day, she's a San Francisco comic, and she was like, "Well, you're not queer." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, so I'm not like right. like I'm not hip." And she was like, "Not really." <laughs> and so because on your yeah. on your Twitter bio, I think it says "big gay." Is that right? Big gay, maybe it might. Okay, it might, <laughs> it might it say. Might. I, think I just gay. looked at it. So what does that mean? It might. I honestly, I don't remember what it says. Okay. It might have just been a joke. Uh, no, I, I used to. I have a podcast. Uh, it's been on a bit of a hiatus called Same Problems. I run with uh, my friend Andrea. She's straight. I'm gay. We just talk about the commonalities in relationships and things. And then uh, I had a basketball podcast for a minute that had a brief little stint with Sirius. Um, we'll probably come back. It's called Bounce That. Okay. Maybe when basketball comes back around. We mostly, uh, it's with another comedian, we mostly talk about like outfits that NBA players wear when they're okay. in the tunnel oh, wow. and like drama yeah, within yeah. the, you know, the girls that they're dating and things like that. Okay. It's, it's more funny based. I'm a Kyle Kuzma fan. So okay. He's known for he's that. He's been, big, uh, we've talked quite a bit about yeah, him. Yeah. yeah. He's like <laughs> DJed some stuff at the venue we talked about. This is the Art Town Reno podcast, and we're speaking with Sarah Rooker, a local comedian who's also a comedy show uh, producer and uh, very well-known outside the the Reno area as well. You also identify with uh, Truckee. When you're traveling as a comedian, you know, coming from Reno, are you seen as an underdog? What do others think of someone coming from Reno? Are they surprised when you're good? (laughs) Uh, What is it like to be from Reno? Yeah, I mean, I I have so many comedian friends in specifically, I mean, like San Francisco, Sacramento, L.A., those kind of areas. But they do hate on Reno for sure. They don't think that there's – it's just because people don't think we have a scene, right? I mean, they're like, well, you don't have any clubs or anything there, you know. So it's definitely a surprise. Um, but it, it helps. It's, it's cool because, you know, it's, it's unique. It's not over, I'm not overly saturated where if I'm in San Francisco or LA and there's hundreds of me, you know, but when you go to those markets, it can be a little bit intimidating and hard at first because you're used to, you know, like big fish and small pond kind of vibe over here for like a handful of comics. Then you go over there and it's like, okay, everyone over there is good. Like everyone over there has the option to do you know, two to four shows a night where here, okay, if you can get up twice, that's really great. Um, yeah, they just have such a bigger market and things like that. So they definitely look at it like you're kind of a, a small, time, small town guide, smaller scene, you know. But there's other comics who are from like Central Valley. Stockton has some really, really great comics that have come out of there that are now, you know, big and, and doing stuff. So And in the uh, mainstream media, there's been a lot of stories in recent years or attention when – 
comedians tackle uh, topics related to the transgender community. Yeah. A lot of famous comedians, also conservative comedians. You keep seeing articles about these things. How do you view that, the comedians vis-a-vis mm-hmm. these important issues as they move along in our society? I think there's a difference between having a point in a joke, like there's a point to it, it's going somewhere, um, and then just like punching down. I think those are two very different things. And sometimes, I mean, even if you look at somebody like Chappelle, who is, you know, phenomenal and you can't say enough good things about him, but then you can also look at some of the stuff he's done recently and it's like, it's kind of lazy and it's just not, it's punching down. You know, some of it's just not really funny. It's like what, and I think you'll see that a lot more with like kind of right-wing comedians and same with like, you know, right-wing podcasters or even, you know, left-wing podcasters, whatever, where they're really catering to their audience. And I think it just depends on your audience. And unfortunately, even if what you're doing is punching down or it's not, there's no point to the joke, it's not accomplishing anything, there's still going to be an audience for it. So I don't think we ever see people like actually stop doing things like that, whether it's, you know, jokes, and I do quotes about rape and things like that. I've heard so many open mic comics and where they try to tell stuff like that. And it's just mm. like, dude, like this is so, this is not a good look for you. And then right. there's some people, I mean, mostly women who can have some phenomenal rape jokes. You know what I mean? Mm. But it's again, they are in control of it and they're in control of the narrative and there's a point to it. Just the punching down the stupid transgender stuff is just, that's just what it is. It's just stupid. It's not and there are anything, some, and it's just... some people including a lot of women who sometimes avoid the comedy mm-hmm. scene because they're afraid of sort of this dominant sort of oh, yeah. comic that they expect at these shows. So yeah. at the shows you organize, it's not like that? Women no, are welcome? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're pretty much female-ran. We have our other producer, David Gamble, is a local black comedian. Um, but yeah, otherwise women run our our shows. And we have our lineups are super, super diverse. I mean, we have people from all over, all different walks of life, all different, you know, ways that they identify, racial background, disabilities, things like that. We have comics literally from everywhere, which is really cool. I think it's important, too, because the representation in comedy is so skewed to men, mostly, and straight men, right, where you don't get – you just don't get the opportunity to – you know, see someone who you can actually relate to. And I think a lot of people avoid comedy, even as an audience member, for that reason, because they've just never been able to find something that they're into because they can't relate to it. But it is, being a woman in comedy is not fun, I'm be honest. It does, it definitely sucks. It's cool once you go for a while, and there's a lot of really great people in comedy, a lot of really great guys. But all the, like, when you first start and things like that, all those thoughts and stereotypes, I can definitely say, are, are probably true, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but there are also some really great mics here locally and really great people who run them and really like safe spaces and everything to do that. But just like anything else, I mean, it's the same in music. It's the same in a lot of professional, you know, places. So This is the Art Town Reno podcast. I'm your host, Nico Columbant, and we're here with comedian and c- comedy show producer Sarah Rooker. And now just to, to wrap it up a little bit, uh, any tips for uh, up and coming comedians or people who want to try comedy uh, it's very hard uh, any yeah. tips for them you you have your own uh, thrilling journey which we haven't talked about but 
A lot of people already know you, but any tips for people who've always wanted to try it or who are young and want to try it? Yeah, just, you know, get up as much as you can. Like, go be on stage as much as you can. It's the only way you're going to get better. Try to write as much as you can. Um, you know, try different stuff. And just really, I think, being on stage and, and going up as often as you can, I can't, like, emphasize that enough because you just have to find your voice. I think when you start out, you might sound like you're doing an imitation of, you know, comic A, B, and C that you like, you know, maybe you're like really into Sarah Silverman or maybe you're into Louis C.K. or something like that. And you'll kind of like, oh, I'm kind of implementing that person. But once you get your voice and, mm-hmm. and you figure out what it is, you know, you're trying to do and what you want to talk about and things like that and just try stuff, it's not going to work. And that's fine. You can move on. You got to be comfortable with rejection. You got to be comfortable with bombing and then just moving on, you know, and co- comedy is hard. You'll have I remember I opened for Kyle Kinane, who's a pretty big comic over in California, and it was like three nights sold out, hundreds of people, and I was like, yeah, I'm doing so great, like I'm getting there, and then I came back to Reno the next day, like on the Sunday, and I did a dog's birthday party, and there was more dogs than people, (laughs) and there was no microphone, (laughs) and I was like, okay, well, I just opened for Kyle Kinane for three nights, sold out, and now here I am in this backyard in Reno, (laughs) so you just have to be humble, and you have to just understand like it just comes with the territory but honestly comedy is the community is so awesome and and the friends that I've made like for life through comedy and that bond is it seems kind of silly sometimes but it's it's super important and as a human being it seems you have a huge heart and we wanted to say thank you for Martin Reno because from time to time we'll have posts about someone struggling in the community and then you try to reach out you reach out to the person so where where does that come from in you? And and what do you think of the evolutions we're seeing in Reno with yeah, some people, uh, you know, left to the side, sadly? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, well, that's something I really appreciate about you guys is because I feel like nobody else is giving those people a voice or highlighting a lot of – I mean, there's so much. I've lived here for pretty much my whole life other than, you know, college and everything to where I I learn new stuff every day that I didn't even realize was going on. So – for you guys highlighting all of that, I think is so important. And, um, yeah, I think I've just, my family's always been really generous. Um, you know, whether, whatever that is, you know, whether it's very little that they have to give or whatever, I've just always kind of grown up that way. And I think we're just in this situation where between the growth of, of everything, and I know a lot of cities are going through this, but it's, there's a positive to it. You know, there's a positive to cleaning things up and to doing things, but there's also, the issue at hand with inflation and how much everything is in in the growing to where the the wage gap and the financial part of it is not growing with everything else to meet the demands. And so you do have the gentrification and you have these low income places now displacing people because we're putting up luxury apartments and we're, you know, just stuff like that. It, it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense. And it feels like there's nobody who's really like working for those people who are impacted so greatly by this. And I feel like we don't even think about those people or we think one way about them. You know, mm-hmm. we just think and I think for me, like when I was little, you would just automatically assume people like that. Oh, well, they're in this situation because of something they did. Right. right. Oh, well, they're on drugs or something like that. You would you would just assume that. But the reality is and I think that's why it's so important what you guys do is you give these people a voice and you kind of hear their story where. There's a reason that that they're in that position, right? And a lot of times 
it would blow blow your mind why they're going mm-hmm. through what they're going through. And it's unfortunately the reality is some people are just born into or end up into like a system of never-ending oppression or poverty or something that they can't quite get out of and the system's not built to help those people and so I try to really help where I can like with the you know our center and things like that that are doing things for those communities and yeah it's it's really it's it's a difficult thing and I don't really know what the answers are but I think if we can all just do a little bit you know we can make a little bit of a difference hopefully Mm -hmm. and Hopefully we can see some stuff change. I don't know. And Reno is lucky to have you for for many reasons. Uh, So as we finish up this episode, could you replug the the big event coming up? Yeah, yeah. And how people can get their tickets? So Don't Tell Comedy, um, you can go to donttellcomedy.com. You can search the cities near you. Type in Reno if you want. But we have uh, our Instagram is at donttellreno. We have June 10th. We have an early show at 7 p.m., a late show at 9 p.m secret location secret comedians you can get your tickets online uh the ticket links at our instagram or at donttellcomedy.com and then we'll uh the day of the show you'll get an email at noon it's the same time every day uh sends out the address for the venue and you know all the details ahead of time you know if it's indoor outdoor if there's chairs all that good stuff so and then uh june 24th we'll be in south lake tahoe for don't tell comedy so same thing just one show at 7 30 p.m yeah, yeah. We don't know it yet, but it'll, it'll be a nice Oh, it's going to be cool. <laughs> this one's going to be cool. All right. Thank you, Sarah. Great episode. Yeah, thank you for having me. And all the best. Thank you for listening to this Our Town Reno podcast episode. Here we have stories about gentrification, life on the streets, the affordable housing crisis. Find us on Facebook at Our Town Reno, at OurTownReno.com, and on Instagram at Biggest Little Streets. Check back in for next week's episode or delve into our archives and remember, help each other out. <laughs>